Hello and welcome back to the Change Construction Podcast, brought to you by Mail Manager, the email management solution developed by Arab to solve your email headaches overnight. It's Joseph Fifth from Mail Manager, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Rob Garvey to discuss changing the mindsets in construction. Would you like to introduce yourself to our audience, Rob? Okay, so I'm Rob Garvey. I am currently a part-time lecturer at the University of East London and I'm developing my own business as a construction coach. I'm really keen to actually talk to you today about the digital transformation from an education perspective, sort of bringing both my experience from construction as well as education. So just, you you know, who am I, where have I come from? Spent my whole life in construction really got the the bug from my dad he worked in construction worked for all his life for Robert McAlpine and from there I sort of got involved into construction and worked on projects like Terminal 5 with companies like Mace and then for the last sort of 10 years I've been working in academia. That definitely seems like a very dynamic career there I think you've got probably the most experience I've ever spoke to. Maybe varied. I'm sure there's plenty of other people. And and Joseph, I I, I, I think I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to talk to you today. And I I know that there's plenty of people that have spoken before. And I'm, you you know, really impressed with the the sort of catalogue of information you've got. It's a fantastic resource. And actually, I'm advocating it to my students right now that, you, you know, there's a lot of good content in there that is worthy of listening to. And I think podcasts are one of those sort of things that are now suddenly becoming really important as a, a valuable resource for people to work into their daily life as a way of getting some good information and good learning and good knowledge. Oh, that's great, Rob. I'm really delighted to hear that you love the podcast. I think really for us, it's just about creating as much spotlight within the industry as possible. Just creating a little bit more of knowledge and um, information for everyone, making it easy and accessible. Yeah, I know. I I, I think from my perspective, uh, most of the people I've worked with, most of the people I engage with, love the industry. It's a great industry. And sometimes with it, there's not enough positive reinforcement around what a good industry it is. And understandably so, you know, there are certain things that happen that put a spotlight on the industry that indicate that it doesn't necessarily perform as it should do. And I probably don't have to explain those um, incidences to everybody. But notwithstanding that, there are so many good things that the industry does do. And there are so many great people in the industry. And sometimes I think we lose sight of those sort of things. And I, I for one, I love the hashtag love construction, you know, because that's what it is. And I think there's plenty of people that really do appreciate what a great industry it is. Yeah, I think we definitely need to make the industry seem a lot more appealing and a little bit more attractive to everyone. I think it's been sort of pushed behind like the ideas of not being as attractive as like these general tech companies. But I think you do a great job of educating the younger generation to make it appeal to them more. Maybe, but I think where I come from, in, there's a lot more that needs to be done around that, Joseph. And education has a part to play in it. The yeah. Students that come into it have a a desire for whatever reason why do they come into it we don't know uh, you know a lot a lot of people probably come into it because they know somebody already in the industry so we have to make it more appealing there's no doubt about that and i think once they get into education once they get into industry there's a lot that we can then do to make make sure that we we make the most of their skills and create the the, the right environment for them yeah definitely agree with that so i think that moves us on to our first question in your opinion, is there a big disconnect between what's being taught currently and what the industry needs? I think what we've got to recognise here is that 
things constantly evolve. And, and when we're looking at continuously improving the industry, we've got to look at where the industry is going, what it's trying to do and how that's moving forward. And I think there's a, a lot of really good stuff going on right now that's really driving the industry forward. And I think if, if we look at what the government has done over the last 10 years, going back to the government construction strategy and the things that they've put in place as a result of that, not least the Construction Innovation Hub, the Centre for Digital Built Britain, there's a lot of really good stuff that's moving the industry forward. And I think that absolutely there's a need to bring that back into education somehow. And I think that not necessarily a, a huge disconnect in, in that way, but there is a need to recognise that the industry is moving on. Now, I would actually bring that back and actually sort of say there's probably education that is happening within academia around some of those sort of things. I, for one, am certainly pushing it, but I'm conscious that there's plenty of other people of my colleagues and, and whatever that are still teaching what they've taught, which is understandable. So we've got two things here. We've got the current people that are currently working that also need to be educated, but we've also got people that future generations that are coming in through. And from my perspective, if I just sort of bring that on that digital perspective, it's how do we actually develop the competencies of everybody in a way that enables the industry to move forward? Yeah, so, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I think we just need to sort of like elevate the whole industry as a that little bit of step further. I think one big issue as well would be the digital skill shortage gap. I think we are lacking slightly behind in, in comparison to other industries. I think we are lacking that adoption of digital skills and new technologies. I think we need to learn to embrace them a little bit more. Do you think this will be a huge impact within the next five years? So, so digital skills are absolutely something that you're, you're right to focus on. And if we look at it on a, on a competency framework, how do we improve the competency of everybody in the industry as well as future generations? And whether whether that's under the umbrella of BIM or, or whatever it is, it's the recognition that actually construction as an industry and from the McKinsey report is actually at the bottom of the list of most industries. So we know that there's the opportunity for significant improvement. I've actually been doing some research looking at digital competency across a, a number of contractors. And it's frustrating to look at it and actually sort of see quite a lack of evidence to sort of say that people are really embracing it. And, I, and that's not to say it's not there. It's whether it's actually integrated in a coherent way that is actually enabling those organisations to drive forward. And I think that you can look at a number of the if we call it Premier League of contractors that are really grabbing hold of it and understanding what it is, and a number that sort of appreciate they need to be doing it, but are they paying, is it integrated into their um, way of working in, in, in a really effective way, or are they more paying lip service to it and, and presenting a good picture that they say they know what they're doing? So I, I think there's there's a, there's a number of things that that need to be done around this, and leadership obviously comes into it. I think that the recognition that if we are going to be more digital, if we are going to increase our digital competency, then it has to be something that the organisations re recognises. And I think um, then it comes down to, uh, it's not just the projects, it's the organisations looking at what they do and then the individuals themselves. And I, I would like to think that stuff is happening, things are happening and things are moving forward, but not necessarily fast enough. If I just bring in an analogy to this, 
you know my my way of, of looking at this is we probably know we can be more digital we've got digital tools around us look we're we're doing something digitally that probably wouldn't have been done digitally you, you know um in in this way is not over uh, a platform like this this 18 months ago it yeah, would agree more it, it probably would have been done differently but so we know that we could do it and it's just like being healthy we know we probably could be healthier. We know that we probably could do things that in that, that would be better for us, whether that's fitness or whether it's diet. Yeah. We know that we could do more. And, and whilst we know it, it's then actually sort of taking the action to do it. And once once you recognise that uh, or you make the decision, I'm going to be healthier, let's let's take running, for example. Let, I want to get fitter, so I'm going to start running. It's not easy. And one of the one of the things that I say to my students is, you know, when you come on this course, it's like running a marathon. We're, we're going to be doing this over 24 weeks. You know, right now, if I ask you how many of you could run a marathon, well, you can't. Well, there might be one or two in the class that do already run marathons. But over the course of 24 weeks, we will develop the capability in order to be able to, at the end of that period of time, be able to run the marathon. And it doesn't matter. I'm not saying you're going to be running it in world record beating pace. Yeah. But yeah. you are going to, you are going to be able to develop your capability in order that you can complete the marathon. And I think that if we think about this, the digital skills in that sort of way, we've got, we've got it, we've got the tools around us It's then how do we use those in a much more effective way that are actually going to then do the things that we need to do. And I think it's probably worthwhile touching on, well, why would we do this? Because a little bit like being healthy, what is it that's going to make you change? I do love that good analogy there. I think I definitely summarised it very well. I think how I see it is a big challenge between training for now and then training for the future. I think we've got to get that balance of providing the skills what are currently needed and then getting the skills that are going to help innovate for the future of the industry. Yeah, no, and uh, now more often than not too many people in construction are involved in construction projects that have their own specific requirements and and the focus is on got we have to deliver this right now the view on the future is a little bit too far away and i think what we've also got to be aware of that you can develop on projects and there's no and we do we make significant progress on many projects the challenge is that success on one project doesn't necessarily mean that that success is going to be um, replicated on the next project. So why not? What what do we need to do around that? And I think that's a, a much bigger issue. But coming back to your point, if we look at the reasons why somebody's going to change, it, that, that becomes an important thing. And I think within construction, there are a number of things that are really pushing that forward right now. N- not least the building safety um, legislation that's coming through. I'm personally frustrated that we need legislation to tell us that we need to build safely. I would have thought everybody would want to make sure that they're involved in projects that mean that everybody, everybody's basic right to life is, is upheld. And I think that the fact that we've actually got an industry that has required government to say you need to be safe is, is actually not good on us. And we need to look at that. And I would urge everybody not to wait two and a half years or whatever it is before it actually becomes law but to be looking at it now to make sure that they're working in that way and again i'll come back to positive reinforcement 
let's recognise that we do plenty of projects and we do plenty of projects that don't um, end up with anybody losing their life or, or, or whatever. So we do do it right. Let's not lose sight of that. But we absolutely have to make sure that we do that. So the legislation is going to put demands on us to demonstrate what is commonly understood to be the golden thread of information. And if we don't embrace technology in that way, the ability to demonstrate and comply with the law in that sort of sense is going to be quite difficult. Yeah, I think it's that a sense of both digital and safety. It just needs to become more of a fundamental within the industry as a whole. Again, I think it's then why, because, you know, these sort of things. And I think we've then got to look at much bigger aims here. And, and I would then bring that back to sustainability and, and the need, to, the, the concept of net carbon zero. It is absolutely something that can't wait. It's an emergency. Our planet needs us and the, our planet needs a better construction industry to deliver that. And I think the, the statistics are all there. The way that we operate right now is not necessarily conducive to um, a sustainable planet. And we can do so much more, not just in the production of what we do, but also in the way that the assets then align to ensure that they are more sustainable. And there was something today around the law being pushed back around uh, or legislation around building and heating. And it's just frustrating to me. The costs of doing this are not something that we can sort of wait until there's an approval or anything like this. This is just as important as the pandemic. And if we delay it, what are we delaying for? It's just going to have further costs down the line. Yeah, I think that's something like we've spoken about off air before. I think we are very much caught up on this idea of quick returns, getting the project finished in the short term and not realising a building is going to be there for longer than we are at the end of the day. Yeah, no, and the, and the stats are there, aren't they? You know, what what is it? 80, 80 odd percent of the buildings that will be here in 2050 have already been built. So therein yeah. lies another issue. So it's not just the new build. It's actually looking at what we've got to do in, in refurbishing, bringing other existing buildings up to standard. And not necessarily just always knocking them down, you know, because the, co- the, the carbon footprint of all those sort of things uh, are, are other issues. And I think it, just bringing that back to the education side of things, and my, I definitely see an interest in my students around these sort of things. And I think what is interesting is how the industry harnesses that enthusiasm, how the industry looks at the, the, the talent that's coming through in that sort of way that enables these new entrants coming into the industry to bring some of their knowledge and understanding. And that's not to say they know the solutions, but actually just to embrace the passion that many people have got to actually make sure that sustainability is at the forefront of what, what's happening in every organisation right now. Yeah, I'd definitely say there's a lot of good intentions uh, coming out of the younger generations. For example, I've seen the changes that have happened in the UK reaching up to like 38 before. I know, no, no. The consequences of climate change, you, you, you know, to me are undeniable. They're all around us. And, and it's affecting m- many things. And I'm conscious that we've got weather events going on this summer. It's in the news every day. Every day there is a newsworthy item and and that's why it's an emergency and it's not something that I, I believe that we can bury our heads in the sand anymore. We actually really need to be taking really proactive, positive action, not just on the projects we d- we're working on, but within the organisations we're working within as well. Yeah, I think it's that full process just to make sure everything is accountable. I think another issue I find as well, do you personally think that the industry has become too fragmented? 
Well, that's a common term that, that's been used around the industry and, and the fragmentation of it. And ab absolutely, that is a consequence of many things, and not least the way that the industry is bought. And, and therein lies part of a challenge that we need to address. I think that if we're, if we're starting to understand the, the, the bigger issues around sustainability and quality, we're, we're challenging what we really want, what value really means and how we deliver better outcomes. Yeah. And maybe the industry has in the past been or it, it's termed this race to the bottom and this race to the bottom means that we focus far too much on cost or sorry, far too much on tender price, not necessarily outturn cost even. So it's a race to the bottom on price rather than actually really appreciating what, what we need to do. And I think that the opportunity for many organizations, many contractors is to look at their supply chain and look at how they can come together to work more together more effectively in many ways that and actually can make sure that they continuously deliver better value for their clients. I remember we spoke off air as well about how there should be more of a need of construction students, engineering students and architect students working together to build solutions at an earlier stage. And, and maybe that doesn't help this fragmentation, absolutely. So within education, the challenge that I certainly see is, is, as you say, we have architectural schools, we have engineering schools, and then where I am, what I'm involved in is much more a construction, construction management school. And that's not that doesn't replicate what happens when you go out into the real world. So absolutely, again, probably coming back to this disconnect that we were talking about earlier on, that if you were taught individually, if you were taught separately, why would you then expect to go into the big wide world and actually be able to then automatically collaborate with each other so it's 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 an issue that's understood um whether it's really being properly addressed and uh, and driven forward i'm reserving judgment at the moment but maybe maybe technology again can actually help that and, and bring some of the architecture schools together more effectively with with the construction and the engineering teams so i'm reserving judgment but i definitely think it's an area that that needs to be addressed yeah, I think this pandemic's definitely shown that collaboration can easily be achieved with the use of digital technologies. I mean, for example, us using Zoom right now has sure made this meeting a little bit more collaborative. But it's it's then understanding what we really mean by collaboration and that sort of thing. This this enables us to work together uh, and, and has efficiencies and has time savings. I think we absolutely have to look at how we use technology in that sort of way. So the the concepts of saving of, uh, of time uh, and, and people's resource in constantly coming together in team meetings is one thing. You can collaborate in a team meeting, but if you can have that, that meeting where you've got the whiteboard and everybody's able to en engage over, over technology, that's an advantage. But collaboration is actually making sure that the right resources are coming together at the right time to deliver a good outcome for everybody. Yeah, makes sense as well. So we've talked a lot about the need for digital technologies. I imagine there's going to be a lot of data behind those digital technologies as well. Do you think we need to push more for those data roles as well? Great question, Joseph. And I think if we're talking about digital skills and digital competencies, part of this is, you know, just starting on the road and making sure that people are able to use some of these tools. Absolutely going down the real value is going to be in, in the data and understanding how we use that data. I'm very aware that 
a, a lot of courses don't necessarily appreciate it and therefore aren't teaching it. So that's certainly an area that I'm looking at in bringing um, the expertise in from computer schools and the like that they, they, they are able to teach my students, those sort of things. But within industry, absolutely. I think that the, uh, the data that's going to be gathered, real-time data as well as data on, on projects, uh, completed projects that are actually going to drive better information is essential so the challenge coming back to your, your point about other organizations the, the challenge is everybody needs these data analysts d- data professionals and we're going to be competing in a, in a global market around this so recognizing what we need and how we get value for the, from from those individuals is is also going to be important so it's it, it's an area that we need to look at and uh, address without doubt well, it's great to see that you're fully aware of like, the issues and um, pushing the future generation. Thank I think you. we definitely need more teachers like you pushing <laughs> for the industry. So you've done some great advice here. So do you have any last advice or actionable top tips for professionals or students alike? Yeah, I think that the industry constantly changes. And I think that we've got to recognise that change is, is a part of life. But if we really want to drive the industry, we've also got to say take decisive action over that change and the leadership needs to do that. And the challenge is always going to be that change isn't going to happen until the reasons to change outweigh the reasons to stay the same. So the challenge within the industry at the moment is to look at, right, why will we change the business's usual approach that we've talked about and that drives things down to a lowest price etc what is it that's actually going to change and i think that great industry lots of great people in it we've got to embrace that and then encourage companies to candidly look at what they've got to do to continuously improve themselves and they might say that they're doing this but actually we've got to look at this in a much more broader holistic way not just in terms of the digital skills but also then how we, as i've sort of touched on around sustainability around quality and then look at what it is they can do to engage everybody within their organization create this culture of continuous improvement and i think that within that is then recognizing whether you've got the skills within the organization or not to do that and where you can then go about getting those skills whether that's additional training or bringing in people with the experience that can help educate and develop the organization I suppose and create an environment that ensures people can be the best that they can be. I think that's definitely a perfect summary of the conversation as a whole. Change is going to be 100% but I think we just need to make sure we're changing quick enough. And it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today, Rob. Thank you so much for being a fan of the show and joining us today. Yeah, thanks very much, Joseph. I really appreciate it and really grateful for you giving me the opportunity to talk. So, Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Cheers. Bye now.